Everybody, welcome to another installment of Show to V with Mike G, the show of life, the show of Scotland, the show of Diageo, the show of Jay Rieger, but mostly the show about the world's leading esteemed gin producer, creator, mastermind himself, Mr. Tom Nichol. That's right, I had the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to chat with the master distiller for Tanqueray for so many years and talk about his life, talk about the celebrity factor of being one of the most notable personalities in this industry. And talking about his collaboration with the team at Jay Rieger and Company, we talk about how they constructed the gin, how Tom knows when the gin is ready, but so much more. Great stories here. This is the life of a man who has impacted the gin industry globally for over 40 years. I can't tell you how much of a privilege it was to chat with Tom and just shoot the shit with him at a hotel early in the morning. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this amazing chat with the world-renowned Mr. Tom Nichol. Well, I, I grew up in a, a small village called Calabury, yeah. and uh, there was a distillery that was only a matter of uh, half a mile away. Yeah. Scotch. Yeah. Yeah. Scotch. Uh, and my father, he worked at that distillery. So it was uh, almost inevitable that uh, somehow it, it in the pulled in. I didn't want to. Lots of people don't want to father, follow their father's footsteps. But uh, eventually, after about a year and a half of a typical dead-end job, uh, he told me that I had an interview at the distillery. Really? Would it, what would you rather have been doing? Because, you know, we, we want our own paths, and maybe we want to be an artist, you know. Yeah, well, I was a motor mechanic. Mechanic? Yeah. What kind of cars? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I, I did get a job in a garage. Uh, it was a part-time job. I was hoping that it turned into a full-time job. Yeah. And I did all the silly things like repair punctures, and because I was still only 17. Yeah. In fact, uh, at that age, I might only be 16. I wow. started working when I was 15, so I'd be about 16. But is it, that's kind of what you got to do, though, right? At that, that yeah. time, you have to work for a living and can't go off and be putting, putting around, right? I know, I know. I was, I was always a busy busy young guy. Did you like working with your hands? Uh, yeah. I yeah. was always good at, at school, technical, all the technical things like joinery, right. uh, metal work. Uh, I, I, was, I kind of excelled in, in these fields. Mm. I wasn't much good at anything else. Really? No, because... I rebelled when I was at school. You know, I just didn't want to do it? Or just I didn't want to be there because I didn't feel that they could actually learn, teach me anything. Yeah. It was, a, it was just a silly young young guy. But uh, So, that, I mean, I left school when I was 14. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, because uh, during the school holidays, uh, when I went back, if I'd gone back, I would have been 15. Yeah. And you had to be 15 to leave school. Oh, I didn't realize So I didn't that. need to go back. So I got a job on my 15th birthday. Uh, in, a, in a warehouse, and that was really hard. I mean, I was a young guy, but it's, I was only only weighed about seven stone. Yeah, <laughs> a uh, lot of heavy lifting. And, in that. I, it was there was a lot of heavy lifting. Yeah, uh, and me being me, it was a uh, I had long hair, you know. Down, Did you really? Oh, it was down down to marsh almost. Yeah, <laughs> and it was a uh, it kept it held me back even at school, you know. We were to go on gliding lessons, but they mm. wouldn't allow me to go unless I got my hair cut. And I said, well, Was it dangerous or was it just... Nah, they just, they were just, they they just like wanted it. me to get my hair cut. Yeah. So, ah, forget it, I'm not going. Uh, so that was my school career kind of finished, but... Uh, nah, I, I mean, I wouldn't change anything in my yeah, life. Do even folks even there. care like that you left? Was it a big deal for them or they said, well, no, working? No, so. I mean, even though my father worked in the distillery, it was a, we weren't a well-off family. Yeah. Uh, my father worked shifts, and we, we, I, re, I didn't see much of my dad. I mean, I, really? he died when I was twenty-four. So oh, very young. He was man. young, uh, but I did work beside him. 
and that's not a thing to be doing is what besides your father yeah. he's totals he 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 went by the rules yeah. which was a good thing it taught me uh, but you still were rebellious ethics. at that point, right? You kind no, of resisted it, or not really? Once I started work, I did exactly what, what was what was asked of me. Yeah, I was drinking when I was fifteen because uh, I had a moustache. Yeah. I think I was born with a moustache. I, had, I, I looked older than what I actually was. Yeah, uh, it's not a thing to recommend children <laughs> be doing. Uh, but uh, and then the distillery manager says, "Okay, start on Monday." I thought, "Really." So that was the start of my career, 40 odd years in, in distilling. So for the first uh, year or so of my life in a distillery, uh, I painted numbers on the casks. Because you could do that, not touching, you know, not touching the booze, not being around. Well, that was it. Yeah. You know, and it, uh, I can still, to this day, I can get, a, get an empty cask and I can, I can do tricks with it. Yeah. You, know, you can turn them over with one finger. And it's, it's simple because if you're doing that all day, yeah. you get used to it. Uh, and uh, I, I was when I went to my bed at night. All I could think of was numbers. You know, numbers. It was, it was, it was, yeah. it was the, what about the smells? Because that's obviously something that's all around as well. Yeah. Right? Well, I was used to that because if you're brought up beside a distillery, uh, you know, and there was a yeast factory close as well, so you always had the, the smell of the yeast factory. Right. And they, and they also had the smell of the, the cooking of the grains. Uh, so it was just you didn't really think about it. Yeah. I mean, it's nice when you when you actually smell it now. The distillery is shut down. How, when uh, did it shut down? It shut down in uh, 1993. Oh, wow, okay. I started in 1973, so I was there for 20 years. So was it what was the kind of predecessor to Diageo at that point? Uh, I went through all the names of Diageo. It, it yeah. started off a DCL, Distillers right, Company okay. Limited, uh, and I went through quite a few names, changes, yeah. uh, before we got to Diageo. Uh and it's funny, it's ended up Diageo, Diageo Limited Company, which is Diageo Company Limited, which yeah, is DCL, DCL again. They yeah. <laughs> uh, wanted to be a seamless transition, I think. Well, Diageo, it's a day in the world, I think that's what it means. Yeah. And somebody cooked this up. Uh, so that, that was, I, I can't even remember if that, it was Diageo when uh, Canvas shut down. Yeah. Canvas Distillery was the name of it. Uh, but in between times, I did almost every job you could think of in a distillery. So you were basically, I mean, if you think about it, you were being prepped. You were being yes. completely groomed to be the guy that's going to do it, right? Yeah, well, it's, uh, it, it followed up to the point where uh, at Canvas, I was making liquid carbon dioxide. And Wait, you, you, you know dry ice, right? Yes, yeah, I used yeah. to make dry ice. Oh, really? Yeah. Would you, were you use it? Was it for use at the distillery, or just for some other product that I they was, could make? It was for other products. I mean, the, the liquid was used as in, in beer, yeah. carbon dioxide, uh, fizzy drinks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Power stations, nuclear power stations needed it for cooling. Uh, it was it was pretty good. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that because it was a very technical job. Yeah. Uh, you know, big compressors, uh, refrigerations. You never think of that in a distillery. People ah. don't realize that this goes on. There's, yeah, there's a lot, there's but, a lot uh, of refrigeration's a massive thing. You know? Yeah, and I, I'd, actually, I, I, had, uh, I had papers in refrigeration. I could remove refrigerant from refrigerators. So <laughs> you're very, crazy. Very, you're a, a very useful guy. Ah, uh, yeah, well, it's, it just went on. And in Diageo, you learned, they did pay you to sort of go to the, all these things, courses. Yeah. And I thought, well, why not? They're paying me to yeah. do it. So were, you, I, I, were you a guy that was very open to learning? The world's got oh, yes. so many things, and you just kind of dive into it. And uh, any learning I could get, yeah. I took because obviously I didn't have anything from school days. Yeah, uh, so I, I got lots of things as I went went along. Uh, but that that period of uh, of my life and carbon dioxide uh, was I, I really enjoyed that. So, I, yeah, I became a bit of an expert in it. So. That's People so couldn't. Uh, I mean, if I went on holiday for a fortnight. Yeah. Uh, when I came back, things were totally buggered up. You know, they couldn't. Oh, because get, you're the guy. They, that, well, they couldn't get it to work. And, yeah. I mean, carbon dioxide, dry ice is, is particularly. You got to watch what you're doing. Yeah. Is if it you, dangerous? Yeah. Uh, no, it, it can give you a dry burn. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but uh, it was it was really cool. Yeah. You know, there was lots of things even. People coming and buying dry ice uh, uh, for 
cattle, you know, how you, you, you burn a, a number on the, the cattle. Right, yeah. Like a barrel. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> you, you, you weren't allowed to uh, use hot irons uh, in, in Scotland. Or so you have to use... Run. You had to use dry ice. Oh, my gosh. Because it, it froze. Cool. Yeah. And then when you, put, you stamped the cattle, uh, it burned the hair off and it burned the skin. And yeah. the pigment of the skin changed, so the hair grew in white. It was, I mean, that's it was, very humane. Yeah, well, that's that's how it had to be. They, they say that they, you couldn't use hot irons and, and cattle. Uh, and, and pantomimes, you know, they always yeah. use dry ice and, and shows, you know, all the music shows that had this dry ice. Yeah, yeah. Probably all made, the, the fog machines and stuff, right? Yeah. So so your business was really dry ice for a long time. Well, it was. Not a long time, but for a well, bit. Well, it was, it was lots of things uh uh, I mean, once you've you've made whiskey, yeah, uh, you've got lots of these grains, spent grains, as we called it. Well, you dried them out and you used them for cattle feed. Yeah. Uh, so I bagged that when I was young, you know, and I hated that job because I was young, uh, you know. I was just newly married at nineteen. I was, yeah, I was, I was tired all the time. Yeah. And uh, I didn't like that job at all. And then I moved on to another uh, cattle feed, uh, just powdered but dried powder. Mm. And then I moved to the carbon dioxide, and then I moved to the whiskey side. Well, so when I, you're nineteen, you said because you got married when you're nineteen. Yeah. I mean, most guys. So you're kind of around booze. You can drink now. Yeah. Most guys are out having a what? This a stag do? Is that the right the word for? It? They're out yeah. there, kind of like partying and meeting a bunch of women and things. But it sounds like no. you really wanted to settle down. Maybe early on, you wanted a family. What What yeah. were you thinking? Well, I bought my first flat when I was eighteen, so. That was our home, yeah. my wife and myself. Uh, and I, I, was, I was a married man, and that was it. But did it, you want... I mean, obviously you wanted to be a married man. I'm a huge proponent of love. Yeah. But it's like, that's pretty young. Yeah, but I was never one for uh, silly lad things. Yeah. You know, I, I love my wife. I still do, obviously. And uh, it was just... That was my... I mean, we had a brand new flat, yeah. new apartment, uh, new furniture... We would never have people in to have a party because we, they'd ruin it. Yeah, yeah, they'd fuck it up. No, and then <laughs> it didn't really go to parties. I don't think I've ever had a party in my house, any of my houses yet. Uh, you, that seems like you'd be a hell of a host. I'm surprised. Well, I don't know. I I, I just I, I tend to like my own company as well. Ah, introspective. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm quite happy. Just uh, when I did used to go fishing, I'd yeah. sit in a boat. In the middle of a loch, fly fishing, and I'd I'd be happy. I didn't need to catch fish. Yeah, I was just it was just a solace of, of just being on my own, because I don't suffer fools gladly. Yeah, and I tend to tell people directly how are you thinking. Which exactly? Yeah, but that's uh, a good. I think that's a good thing. It's a good thing uh, to a point. Yeah, but uh, I I won't say I, I don't have a lot of friends. What? But the friends I do have. You know, they're friends for life. Yeah. You know, if I make a friend, they're a friend for life. Uh, so that's the kind of guy I am. I'm, I'm just not good in company. Yeah. Which is, I find it a little bit ironic because yeah. you're out there, you're this amazing personality at the forefront of gin yeah. globally, and you're hosting classes. People like you. They find you to be this very, very poppy personality. I mean, do you feel like that's consistent with who you think you are? Because you're a big media figure yeah. at this point. You know? It's a stage show. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, any any presentations I've ever done, uh, there's been quite a few. I've been physically physically sick yeah. before I went on stage. Really? Yeah, because my, my nerves are just you know short, and I, I've always thought that uh, everybody thinks me as being this big personality. I'm, they I'm not. Do. They absolutely. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely not. So uh, I'd work my way up. As soon as I start talking on stage, yeah. I'm off. It's fine. I'm a different character. I'm I'm playing the game, yeah. although I'm being serious because I, you know, I'm quite knowledgeable about gin, whiskey, neutral spirits, vodka, you you name it. Right, right. Because I've I've made all these things, uh, so I know that I know more than anybody in the audience. <laughs> so I, then Is I'm there some level then of I'm comfort in that. Uh, but it's always pre pre presentation. I'm always worried that somebody's going to ask me a question that I don't know. Really, that's that, what, that's uh, what you're thinking. Yeah, and I think a lot of people who do stage things, uh, they, they're quite similar. Yeah. Even though they're brilliant, uh, before they go on, they, they, 
they get quite worried about yeah. what's going to happen. Do you feel you're pretty good at it at this point? Yeah. Yeah. Once I get talking. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, good. I mean, it, it's uh, I, I have no problems once once I start talking. It's hard to get me to stop. <laughs> Uh, depending on the audience, because I can judge an audience yeah. right away. Within the first two minutes, I can tell how far I can go, uh, because I want it to be fun for them. Sure. Normally, as bartenders, these guys, they, you know, they work harder, longer, uh, great people. I, they're my favourite people. Good bartenders. Yeah. I don't like shit bartenders <laughs> uh, because I mean, people that are committed to a career. Is yeah. That, is that maybe the line? Yeah. And no, if, if they're really good, and that I mean. For me, a, a good bartender is somebody that uh, notices you as soon as you walk in the door. Right. That is the main thing. That door, front door, is the main thing in any bar as far as I'm concerned. Sure. I don't want to be standing at a bar waiting to be served and then four other, five other people come in after me. They get yeah. served. That really annoys me. Uh, I'm, I'm quite upfront in telling people. You know, I just say, am I effing invisible? You know, right. look at me. I'm here. But I think at this point, there's no way you could be invisible in a cocktail bar. No. Well, yeah. But again, that's, that's a, it's something I don't, I don't relish that whole thing. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole master distiller title, uh, everything about me, you go and you can Google me and I'm all over the place. Sure. It doesn't mean anything to me. Not a single thing. My family think it's great because my, my, my daughter, my son, they think my dad's He's quite, doing a good quite job. Quite famous yeah, in, the, yeah. in the drinks world, uh, and uh, the, the people I've met as well. I've, I've met some famous people, but they're only people to me. Yeah, they might be famous, but they're the same as me. We're just people. Yeah, uh, I met uh, uh, quite a few top guys uh, with the Azure, and uh, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not going to call the prime minister prime minister. Yeah, I'm going to call him by his first name even though I've been told not to. <laughs> yeah. uh, because, you know, we live the same life. We're just don't, people, don't, right? Exactly. That's the thing. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, there is this persona that predicates everybody. So so we're here. We're just sitting in a fucking printing room, right? Yeah. Some, some fucking guy just came in. <laughs> Did you hear that? You got mail. He's uh, still no, on AOL. Right. This dude who yeah. came in is still on AOL. B- boggles my mind. But yeah. we're just sitting here talking you know and i think for a lot of people if they just say oh dude he's talking to tom nickel you know but it's like who cares you're a dude i'm a dude we just talk about life yeah. you know and i think that that helps us do better things because once you start stratifying the social construct it's like well yeah. tom, he, tom's a he's a celebrity fuck man he's you know that changes everything yeah. we just can't be two guys talking at that point so i think it's better just to say well there's the prime minister there's the yeah queen, you know uh, I mean, it definitely is. I mean, uh, I, I met, uh, I, can't, I can't even remember his name, it's Cumberbatch. He oh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, yeah. I met him at an event and uh, he just won an award. I had no idea who he was. Yeah. Uh, but he came up and we had this tankery bash. And he, Would you like a drink? And somebody came up and said to me, that's Sherlock Holmes. I said, oh, very good. So, <laughs> so we actually got on really great. Yeah, and we yeah. just talked away and he was smoking away. I said, could you please put that cigarette out? It's not doing you any good. And eventually he says, oh, I'm sorry. And he put it out. So we had some pictures taken. And my son, he just says, wow. <laughs> do you know who he was? I said, well, did he know who I was? And a, and a joke. <laughs> and so it, it's very much, that's the way I look at life. Yeah. Being that, uh, if you want to talk to me, talk to me. If you, if you don't want to talk to me, that's fine. Yeah, I'm a happy chappy. I love that though because yeah. you're just a man of the people. If you think about it, uh, you know? well, but uh, the people, some yeah. people, I guess, a lot. When you're when you're teaching, when you're on stage, we'll call it that. Are you pretty patient with folks, oh, knowing, yeah. knowing that they maybe don't give a shit about their career? Because yeah. you've got the serious, as you said, this kind of that classification, but then you got everybody else. It's like fast fashion for them. Yeah. Is, is it hard for you to deal with those people in the same room? Is Are, are you very patient? No, I'm, I'm, I'm very patient. I mean, if, if somebody's in a room and they ask me a question, I always say that the, there is no silly question. Right. Because if you don't know it, you don't know it. Yeah. You know, And, and I'll, I'll try and answer things to you. And uh, what I don't like, and I really don't like, is people... Asking me questions, you already know the answer to the ah, question. I see. You know, I think you're just a tosser. <laughs> just, just go away. I actually told one guy, I said, "Look, you'd be better just leaving the room uh, because uh, you're just annoying me." Yeah. And I shouldn't have said it. Well, it, but that's it, okay. it wasn't. It wasn't good for uh, t- 
Tankery. They, they didn't like me doing things. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, said, I spoke to him after, and he says, ah, I says, I'm sorry. I says, it's okay. I says, but don't be a prat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you just uh, ask me a question that you don't know. Yeah. And uh, normally what would happen is that after I've, I've had a question uh, session, people would, more people would come to me after it finished and ask me a question than, than they would because they're, they're frightened to ask they felt a intimidated, question. Right? Oh, okay. uh, but when, they, when it's a one-to-one, -one, that's great. But if it's a big event, a really big event, yeah. uh, I, I want to get out of there as quick as possible because I'm not good in crowds. Yeah. Is there uh, some anxiety around that? Yeah, very much. Oh. I, I don't like uh, I, I don't like big cities. I don't like busy places. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather not be there. And it's the same for big events. But some mm. of the guys I know, Steve Olson, as I mentioned, yeah. before, he knows exactly me. He just looks at me and says, Tom, do you want to go for a beer somewhere else? He can yes. tell. It. And he'll take me away. He's a spiritual yeah. dude. He can sense that stuff. Oh, he definitely can. And, and he's he, he knows me that, that I, I don't like all this. I mean, most people want to just drink away and drink away. But, yeah. uh, and then people want my autograph. I don't mind that. Uh, I'll do it as much as I can. But I'd, again, I want to get away. They want to get the picture taken with me. I can't really understand that either. Yeah. Uh, but I'll, I'll do it. And then I want to leave. Right. And it doesn't go down well with the, the PR side. Right. Well, it didn't. With thank you. Because they, they want to wanted get as much to be mileage there. out of you yeah. as possible, you know. Well, I, I just felt that they'd the got enough, and it was time for me to leave. Uh, was that part of the transition then, out of Diageo? Because people are calling it a retirement, which obviously yeah. you've reemerged from retirement here with Jay Rieger. But it was just time to step away from the spotlight, or was it something that you else you wanted to pursue? What well, was that like? <laughs> to be honest, I, I wanted to get my life back. Mm. Because uh, I was very busy, I was getting pretty pretty stressed. Uh, in the last three four years, I was making new gins, mm -hmm. uh, so that that in itself is stressful. I I just dream about. Well, you uh, obsess about the yeah, of course. Uh, and eventually, it'll click and say, right, okay, we'll, we'll try this. Uh, and but I was also I had my work to do, and I also had to travel around the world. Yeah, and it was just too much. I mean, I'd get back to the distillery, and I'd have a thousand emails. And I always answered every email. Mm. At one point, I stopped giving out my business card because I knew that they were going to get in touch with me. Yeah. I just said, oh, sorry, I have none left. And uh, that was only because if somebody emailed me with a question, I would, I would answer it yeah. eventually. Would it have, uh, while this is really all stacking up, how was your relationship taxed with your wife? Because for me, when work's hard, it's difficult for me to have great personal relationships too. Yeah, well, my wife uh, and my family, they, they realized that probably about a week or even a fortnight before I went to do anything, mm. I, I, was, I was stressed out. Yeah. And I think my wife said to my family, look, just leave your dad alone now. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't bother him with anything because she, she knew that what I was like. I mean, I... I don't like flying, so I was, right. all, I was I was worried about that, and I was also worried about the whole uh, thing that I was going to do. Uh, so it was it, it was a release for me when I retired. Yeah. Uh, when I said to the, my boss at the time, I says, "Okay, I'm retiring in December," and oh, he almost had a heart attack. No, you can't do this to me. You know, you can't do it. You, you uh, and he, he just he dug his head in the sand, you know, and and. He just didn't want me to retire. Did they never think about a transition plan for you? No. I mean, you've been there for, oh, what, 42 years, something like that? It was, uh, it was very, I would say the last year or so, uh, I just wanted out of the place. I was counting the days down. Yeah. So I said, well, you've got me till June. I'm retiring in June. I'm not working past 60. Yeah. my dad died when he, when he was 60, so I thought, I'm not. Falling in that footstep, no. yeah. I want to have a life. So that was about the whole idea when I retired was I'm going to get my life back. Yeah. I'm going to do go fishing again. I'm going to go hill climbing. Uh, and fortunately, when I did retire, I think my body just decided to give up. Everything started going wrong with what, me. What do you mean? And I, well, I think because I was so busy and all the time. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I was just sitting in a, on a settee, watching TV and drinking beer and just generally and your relaxing. Your body's like, wait, what are you doing? Yeah. I'm used to the hustle. Yeah, <laughs> I get that. It makes sense. Uh, but... Uh, Pre-retiring, uh, Steve Olsen had said to me in New York, he says, if, uh, 
if uh, we started making a gin and a distillery, would you would you make the gin for us? I said, oh, of course, Steve. Uh, a little laugh in the background, think this will never happen. Yeah, because you can say yes, because it's unlikely, right? Yeah. Uh, and then when I was retired, uh, I think it was I was in New Orleans, and he says, look, uh, would you go and visit these guys in Kansas City? They want to make a gin. Did you know anything in Kansas City at that oh, point? No, I'd never been. Nothing, to Kansas right? City. Yeah. No, I mean, in fact, I kept on calling it Kansas City, and <laughs> I was I was abruptly stopped saying it's Kansas City. Yeah, Kansas yeah. is over the road. <laughs> it's uh, even confusing for us in the states. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I went and met the guys, and uh, they they were quite uh, surprised that the the master distiller of Tanqueray, right. I say that in a joking way, would go to Kansas City and make a gin for them. Uh, great guys. Yeah. Oh, everything was just so wonderful. It Went meshed. to the distillery. I, we we just we just knew each other. Everything mm. in that Jay Rieger and Co. distillery is right. It's just it's just right. Yeah. Uh, they've got a young distiller Nathan, and I, and I talked to him, uh, and he just he just stuck to me like glue, listening to every word I said. Uh, so I said, hey, okay, I'll come and work with you, but. At the moment, I'm still working with the Agile. I haven't retired right. yet. I can't really... I shouldn't really even be speaking to do, you. I'm yeah, not. did they have a non-compete or anything that they made you do? No, no, not really. I'm, I'm so you can do surprised. what you want, really? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but uh, for the sake of uh, just, you know, I'd, I'd worked all my life, so I didn't want to just be shitty at the end of it. I thought, I'll, I'll work right up till I retire, yeah. then I'll come and meet you guys. And that's exactly what I did. Uh, and... In between times as well, I was approached by another guy and from London. Hmm. Uh, would you come down make a gin for me? I said, goodness, goodness me. It was quite exciting to a point where I thought, ah, why not? You know, yeah. I, I can work a couple of days a year. That's not bad, right? Uh, it's, it's turned out to be a lot more than a couple of days a year. But uh, So I made a gin for uh, Jonathan Clark in, in London. It's a city of London distillery cold, as it's called. Yeah. Uh, and I was really pleased because that gin that I made, the uh, Christopher Wren gin, it won double gold at the San Francisco oh, Spirits Award, uh, and that was within a month of me making it. You know, it was. Uh, so I was very pleased with that. Do you, I mean, I helped the guy. Yeah, right. And right. I, it was it was all about helping him uh, achieving what he wanted to do and eventually retire. I could see that. Mm. He was a businessman. I'm not a businessman. If I if I, if I was a businessman, businessman, I'd be bankrupt. <laughs> no, it's it's not my thing. So I tend to just say to people, silly things like, oh, yeah, yeah I, I won't take any money off you because you're not making any money. Right. Uh, when you start making money, you, you you can pay me what you want. Right. Uh, which is not a, a very good business. But it is for, it, you don't need the money, do you? It's no, not, I, I, certainly, I certainly don't. I mean, I, I'm, I've got a good pension. Uh, yeah, I've, I've got money in the bank. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can do what I want. I don't need to to work for anybody. But I've got this stupid thing that I can't say no to people. I mean, I, I, there's thousands of gins out there. Sure. That uh, a lot of them, really an awful lot of them, are bad. They're rubbish. Yeah. Uh, and it's simply because they don't know what to do. They're, they're just puddling amongst themselves in the dark. And, and I, I'm, I'd be, I'm happy to help anybody. You know, why would you? Put all your money into a distillery, and you have no idea what you're doing. Yeah, you know you're, you're going to lose it. You're going to there's going to be an awful lot of stills up for sale soon. Yeah. Oh, there's going to be yeah. a huge bubble here. Yeah. I mean, it's mad. There, there was a ten time increase in gins from Texas alone in the last three years. Yeah. That's there's not enough physical shelf space for that. If you well, think about it, there's lots of limitations. A lot of things going on there. And how many good gins are there? Maybe two. Something. Maybe yeah. three. I mean, the, the, I. Don't, don't get me wrong. I, I think it's it's good that they're trying. But, yeah, well, I mean, sure, but you can't. You don't get a medal for coming in last. No. You know what I mean? Like I I think gin. The reason gin is interesting to me is because it gives you the ability to paint a picture as you see it in terms of flavor. Right? There are no yeah. real parameters. You can make it spicy if you want. You can make it dry. You can make it sweet. Whatever, whatever you want. Right? And so that that to me takes a lot of creative liberty. And if you don't have a clear vision and flavor. Which that's yeah. I think what's absent from a lot of these guys. They don't have a true passion for flavor. Uh-huh. Then they can't craft anything because they don't really understand what they like in the first place. They're yeah. just dating around women that'll never work out, you know. Yeah. But for you, 
I mean, we go through all the gins that you've created, and they're just lovely. There is a great fingerprint of flavor to each of these, and I finally tried the Jay Rieger gin last night, yeah. and it, it's just lovely. And what if you could say you have a vision or rather a paradigm on gin, what is the main thing that you want to accomplish with the flavor? Uh, well, for me, it's that. Uh, when I ask the guys in Kansas City that, uh, what do you want me to make? Yeah. And it, it's your gin. That's right. You know, I, I'm just going to give you a recipe and I'm going to make it for you. Uh, and let's see how things things work out. I says, I can make your gin that's way in your face and people will say, wow, that's different, you know, right. and people will try it. And then they're going to, they're going to get rid of it very, very mm. quickly. Or I said, you want me to make you a really good gin, mm. something that you can you can do lots with in cocktails and bars. And for me, I've never made a gin yet that you can't drink drink straight. Yeah. You know, it's if you can drink it straight and it tastes nice, that's it. It's yeah. a good gin, and then you can do what you want with it. I mean, gin and tonics. I I, I, I love gin and tonics, but if you use bad tonic. And a good gin. What's oh, yeah. the point? Absolutely. Uh, so it's it, for me. It's it's creating a gin for people who say they'll get it and say that is really nice. And you'd be very surprised how little botanicals I use when I'm making a yeah, gin. Yeah, you do it pretty simply. Yeah. I think that that's good. Music is simple. Good movies are simple. Yeah. Right. When you overproduce it, talk about the Beatles, right? Because we're just talking about them. Uh -huh. Let it be is not a great record because it is overproduced. I mean, yeah. it, it is a great record. It's the Beatles. Every record's good. But Phil Spector just put too many botanicals in that fucking record. Yeah. It's clouded. It's muddled, right? But then you go down to anything George Martin did, Hard Day's Night, right? Crystal clear. There's four parts. You hear each one of them. And I think that that's really important in spirits. Uh, well, definitely. Anything, probably. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, that is exactly how I, I try to plan things. Yeah. Uh, less is more. That's right. In, in my business. Yeah. If I can use seven botanical, seven juniper berries to make a liter of gin, somebody else might use a hundred juniper berries to try and make a liter of gin. Yeah, they've just made it too. And if you do that, you also change all the other botanicals. That's you right, use. absolutely. Because you don't want juniper banging you in the face and I, and just like, whoa, I don't like gin. Right. I don't like juniper. But if you can just like you say, if you can make the music just nice and easy. Yeah. So it's easy listening. I've got, I mean, easily, easy listening. Easily, gym. Yeah. Uh, so it's, uh, and, and then it's up to the, the bartenders uh, who, like I say, I love most in life. It's up to them yeah. uh, to, to do what they want with it. And they can create something really nice. If you've got something too heavy, it's hard for them to create anything without yeah. adding too much of this, adding too much of that. Absolutely. Uh, there are, of course, there's drinks that need a, a punchy drink. I mean, mm. whiskey. I was never a lover of whiskey cocktails. Uh, but I've, I've, I'm changing. Yeah. You know, because I like my whiskey neat. Yeah, me too. Me I don't, too. I don't even like it. I don't like it with water or... No, ice or anything. Yeah. That's, uh, that that comes from when I worked in a distillery. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. And in, in those days, you could count on one hand the amount of people who didn't take a dram in the distillery. <laughs> it was part of working life. <laughs> of course. Uh, and you it, know? And it was always stuff that was 60 or 120 sure you know proof yeah. that, uh, that's the stuff we were drinking uh so and i'd be if i drink whiskey now and somebody's put water in it i'd be physically sick yeah don't, i don't know why but it's just that's interesting but I, I, I can't take it yeah i don't really drink too much as much spirits nowadays anyway. no more beer you mentioned kind of on the couch i mean even in, in my house it was like uh, when when i was young and my dad worked in the distillery nobody ever drank in the house really yeah and it's the same in my house, I'll drink beer, but I don't really put it's that not down the same. Yeah, spirits. Yeah. Uh, and I never, I mean, I've, I've seen me making myself a gin and tonic in the house. I'll pour it down the sink because I, I, I don't enjoy it. I don't have the atmosphere behind, you oh, know, really? sitting with people and, and enjoying it. And the, the social element of it. Yeah, yeah. it needs, needs to have that for me. And I don't see the point of just, I feel like I'm just sitting there drinking to get drunk. Yeah. I, I don't get drunk. Very, very conscious guy. Very, very aware. That's, yeah. I think, a really important thing. Well, I mean, I've lived my life, uh, I think, pretty pretty well. Yeah. I don't I don't like confrontations. But Is that why you don't say no to people? By the way, if you want confrontation, you'll get it. Yeah. You know, I don't like it, but uh, 
at times I, I perhaps go too far because I just think, don't, don't fuck with me. Yeah. You know, you're talking, you're talking bullshit. Yeah. I know what I'm talking about. Uh, and my daughter, she's a, she's in the autumn, autism sort of job. She, she she's a practitioner. Oh there. really? And uh, and she just she looks at me and says, Dad, you you've got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Oh well, okay. <laughs> but that's I mean. We are surrounded in this industry by people that just want to blow smoke. You yeah. Know, you reach a certain echelon or some level of fame, I guess you could call it, and they just want to buddy up. They're star fuckers like anywhere else. Yeah. But it's different because Hollywood has existed for such a long time. People love celebrities. But how do you, do you find it fascinating, the kind of infatuation with master distillers? Because that didn't used to be like that. That's no. kind of a recent no, development. I, well, personally... I, I don't really like it. Yeah. I mean, it's good for uh, the business, you know, sure. as in, uh, like I said, it's good for tankery. It's good for these guys. I mean, they don't fly me over here unless it's for benefit. Yeah. But I always say to them as well, look, if it's not going to benefit our business, mm. don't ask me to fly across the Atlantic. Yeah, it's I'm too only long. doing it for you, you know, for the, for the business to, to get better. Uh, so in that aspect, well, it needs to be there, but I don't, I don't particularly like it. Mm. I mean, if you if you've seen me in the street, you 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 wouldn't take a second glance at me if you didn't know. In, in West <laughs> Ordinary Europe. bloke, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, when I was in New Orleans, uh, there was quite a lot of us got together, uh, all master distillers, uh, Desmond Payne of Beefeater, mm -hmm. really nice guy, uh, who Tom Bullet, and uh, oh, we, yeah. we're, we're all standing together, and uh, it was. It was kind of infatuation with people. Everybody's taking our picture. And I'm yeah. like, Christ, we're not the Beatles, <laughs> you know. And it got to the stage where if I had if I had to go to an event, I'd take the side streets at the back because I couldn't walk down the main street. And I, I don't like this. It is, but it's Tom mania. Uh, well, but there's people who who would love that, yeah. you know. And uh, it's, uh, I think it's hard to to accept the fact that. I'm just a I'm just a, a guy from a wee place yeah. uh, in the middle of Scotland that uh, you know it's just a wee town. I don't like big cities. Yeah. It's, it's just me. But and, I like that because it, it is an in such contrast to probably what people would think. You know, yeah. he's like well, he's on the stage. He's he's presenting again. He's talking about gin, and I think we all think this, this bigger than life kind of personality. But it sounds like you're just a humble guy. You want to sit, relax, yeah, spend some time in nature, spend some time with the wife. You know. Definitely. I mean, it's that that is my my life that I, I like. I mean, I'd be I'd be going to the Savoy in London. Yeah. You know, and and having drinks. Uh, God, the ridiculous price drinks. That's right. uh, well compared to at home. So mm. I, I'd be doing all these events. I'd be staying in the very best hotels. I'd go back home and I'd go to the shitty wee pub <laughs> that I drink in. And it's but it's my pub. That's right. Yeah. And I stand at the bar, and I, again, I don't really talk. To, if somebody's talking, it'd be fine. We'll talk about the weather. We'll yeah. talk about sport. Uh, but you know, I I just like I, I like to get back to where I'm. I like to get where grounded again. That's yeah. it. Where I'm from. I love where I'm from. It's, yeah. it's not a brilliant uh, wee town, uh, but that's my home. Yeah. And and, and that's the the whole thing. I, I don't want to be away from home too long. I I'm the same way. Just little little dips. I'm a homebody. Yeah. I, it, it's weird because you wouldn't think being in this industry, you figure everybody wants to be out there and be social all the time. But nah, one little thing, then I go back home. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's kind of how it goes. And that, that's the nice thing about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. the distilling part is definitely the nice piece. Because even if yeah. you're not out there doing classes and stuff, you can always go back to the distillery and just the lab where there's nobody there to bug you. Yeah. Well, one of the things I liked when, when I worked uh, with Tankery. Uh, was uh, we had this botanical store hmm. and we, we had hundreds of tons of botanicals, juniper, coriander, angelica, yeah. and nobody else was there. At night, it was quiet. It was solitude. Yeah. I'd go in there because I, I used to work shift work. I mean, I worked nights and, and things because yeah. that, well, there was only four guys that made tankery in the world. Uh, so, and it was seven days a week sometimes, 24 wow. hours a day. I mean, we were, we, we were flat out. Off, yeah. uh, so at nights, I would go down into the botanical store, and as you walked past all the, the juniper racks, it was just beautiful. You just got this fantastic smell of juniper, yeah. and then you moved on to the coriander. It was fantastic. It was just it just changed the smell. Yeah. And then when you got to the 
Angelica had changed again. Uh, that, that was, I could just sit there all night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because obviously the stills were right, right. upstairs. But uh, no, that, that was that was a nice part of the job. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I liked making... I mean, I liked my job. Yeah. Everything else around about it, health and safety was, was okay uh, to a point where it got ridiculous. Yeah. You know, you had to wear hard hats, protectors, you know, and, and almost everything, gloves all the time. And I kind of rebelled a bit. I just yeah. well, I'll wear what I want to wear. Protectors, fine, you know. But uh, the rest, nah. Yeah. And tell me off, we're fine. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll happily retire. Yeah. I, I became a bit arrogant. But, that, I mean, it happens. You, you spend so much time doing something and kind of learning the ins and outs of it, you know. So with the this latest chapter with Jay Rieger working on the gin, what's your involvement now? Have you, is well, everything steady state for the guys? They can make it to your specs? Yeah. Well, the, the good thing, I'm, I'm coming back in about four weeks, and I'm going to do Chicago and then go back to Kansas City to the distillery. Oh, cool. That part I love. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's as soon as I walk into the, the distillery, I'm, I'm in. That's, home, that's what I do. Yeah, yeah. So everything is just natural. You know, I, I know what I'm talking about. And their their young distiller Nathan Perry, uh, he like I said, he listens to every word I say. Mm. So when we made the gin, uh, and it, it wasn't easy actually making that gin because the, I, I knew what I wanted to get, but I had to change the recipe so it wasn't tankery. Yeah. Uh, so I had to change all the botanicals. Roundabout. I'm talking amounts here. Mm-hmm. If you change one, you've got to change the rest. Absolutely. You, as long as you get the balance, that's fine. It's that a, is that's my recipe. It's a song, that's right? A, yeah. And uh, I didn't just like you say it's a song. I bet you people will taste all my gins and they'll say Tom Nickel made that because they, they are very similar, but yeah. there's there's little differences that it gets in. That's it. And I don't mind that. But as I say, I went to the distillery. Uh, we made. Quite a few batches wasn't getting there, mm. uh, and the only thing that uh, got me was Steve Olson. He kept on pushing me. He said, "You can do better than yeah. Tom." I said, "Yeah, I know I can, but it's, I know my recipe's right, but the still just isn't giving me." So we actually changed it. it was, I just had a thought, you know, and it was a stupid thought. I said, "Do you what do you call a plumber in America?" I said, "A plumber." <laughs> <laughs> well, right. He said, "Well, do you have a plumber's market you can go in and buy me?" Uh, 10 feet of copper piping yeah okay so I, I said you cut it into pieces and I put it on a section of the still uh-huh. and, and that gave me more copper content in the still and yeah. I needed that and once I made that batch bingo how Steve big Olsen. How big is the section we're talking a foot we're talking yeah, inches not just a, a, a small six section inches? six inches in there oh, and shit. I packed them in not enough to stop the vapours going, going right, up right, right, right. because you can't do that but uh, it was enough to give me uh, reflux that when the, uh, the actual vapors uh-huh. hit it, they came back down and still, and, and eventually that they had to go just up. a little bit more of rectification. And uh, so I mean, it, it, it worked, and I, I was so happy. So That's Nathan, amazing. Nathan was with me every inch of the way, yeah. uh, and said, "Right, this is what you've got to do." And it's not just the botanical; you, 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 the flow rate. Yeah, stick to this. You must stick to this. Use your wristwatch. Use anything. I want it to go at that flow rate. Yeah. Did it. Everything went great. That's amazing. Uh, and I said, well, that's fine. You stick to that, son. You've got the botanicals, which are the best botanicals anybody will ever get. Nobody in America has got the botanicals that we got. Yeah. Because we sourced them, outsourced them. Uh, and the neutral spirit's the best neutral spirit we could get. If you've got the best ingredients, as any chef will tell you, yeah. you can make you a great meal. Absolutely. So that, that's what we've got there. But a shitty chef can screw that up too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. So it is. If you have both the talent and the ingredients, there is no limit to what you're able to accomplish. I mean, that's it. I, and, and Nathan, he he's a, like I say, he, he sticks to it. And I, we sat down one day and we, we had a long talk. And I've told him things that I've had to sort of, I've had to learn in all my career. Yeah. And they say, well, look for this, look for that. Uh, knows it constantly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you will know, and the more you know it, you'll know exactly everything is right. That's right. You should be able to, I mean, I, the, I had this trick that uh, when, when the, the the spirit was running to this, the still, mm. that, and the spirit's safe, I could dip my hand in and I could tell you what strength that spirit was. 
and from your hand. Yeah. Could you evaporation at all, or just buoyancy? No, because it was uh, the amount of oils that were I in see. the juniper. Yeah. Because they start off quite low, and the oils start coming off the essential oils, yeah. and then they get heavy, and then they start to taper away. That's right. Yeah. So you can tell. Yeah, I could probably say to you that uh, the still's been on for two hours. Uh, the strength is that. That's and, amazing. And uh, it was just a wee trick. I, I quite enjoyed that. Yeah. You're a gin whisperer, is what. Yeah. We're <laughs> <laughs> so. This is what I'm trying to teach Nathan. Yeah. And uh, every time I go to the distillery, we'll, we'll talk about things. And the next gin that we make, because we're in no hurry to make another gin, we yeah. want to, to get this the whole, all our products established. Uh, the next gin that we make is going to be Nathan's gin. Yeah. He will tell me what he's putting in it, and then I'll just help him along. That's amazing. And it, Because I don't want it to be Tom Nichols' gin, I want it to be Nathan's gin. Right. Because by this time, Jay Regan and co., People, will, everybody will know it. Yeah, well, lots of people will know it. So that's amazing. Uh, do you have you? Do you like that mentor role? Yeah, with Nathan because with him he, specifically, he's, he's a he's a good guy. I mean, yeah. I, if if he didn't listen to me, I wouldn't be prepared to do it. Yeah, but he knows he. I can just tell that he's taking it all in. Yeah. he's a very very clever young guy, and I, I really do expect that within five ten years, he'll he'll surpass me completely. You all right with that? Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm, I'm just, why, why? I, You're not an egotistical guy. Oh, Christ, no, no, <laughs> fuck no. No, I'm, I'm happy that if somebody's good at their job, yeah. we're great. And I, I've always, because I've been hard working, I've always said that uh, if I can't do something better than somebody after two years, you know, I'm not doing it what, right. Yeah, what the hell are you doing, yeah, I'm right? just not doing it right. Uh, but by two years, I should be doing it to either better than them or as well as them. Sure. I agree. Two years is a key point. Yeah, it always was for me. Uh, so that that's uh, how it was. Well, so you, this is a Texas tour. We get a couple minutes here. We're gonna okay. in in a second, but San Antonio's next today. You guys are heading out there this morning. You're gonna do a similar class with the Jay Rieger Gin and talk about gin. Yeah. yeah. When are you heading back to Scotland? Uh, Saturday. Saturday. Okay. Saturday, I fly to to London and then London to Edinburgh. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, by by the time it comes to the end of the week, I, I want to. You want to get back there. I mean, my wife, uh, she 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 more and more now. She doesn't want me to go away. She didn't mind years ago. Yeah. But it's now. She it's doesn't you, want to be in the house herself because the kids aren't there anymore. It's y'all's so. time now, yeah. right? Like the, this this era. Yeah. It's for you guys to bond and travel and all of that. Well, that's it. That's what we want to do. Yeah. Just. Uh, I mean, we're, we're both retired at the same time. Yeah. Ever. Well, if I can call this retirement, uh, <laughs> but it didn't work. I mean, we, we were on each other's face twenty-four hours a day. It just didn't work. Yeah, this is not right. We've you been married space, for forty-two years, but we've never really been together all this time. Yeah, and now we are. So she went back, uh, did a couple of days uh, a week, just, just short hours, uh, and uh, and me doing this, it, it works well. Yeah, that's but good. But we do miss each other really. Bad, but, but that's a great thing yeah. to still miss each other after yeah. 42 years. I mean, a lot of people would give an arm and a leg for that. Yeah, but she she still can't quite get the gist of time change. Yeah. As in, I mean, she she facetimed me at five to six yeah. in the morning. Five to six in the morning, <laughs> and I'm looking. It's still dark. And by the time I got to it, she'd stopped. So I thought, well, there must be something wrong. That yeah. she's, she's calling me at five to six in the she morning. Doesn't. Yeah. So when I got her, she's hi. <laughs> I says, it's five to six in the morning. She says, oh, it's about 12 o'clock here. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> Good for you. That's great. Uh, so I thought, oh, no. But uh, I mean, it's nice to see her, but it's, it's the usual thing. It's crazy at our age, but it's uh, like you hang up. Yeah. Okay, you hang up, yeah. you hang up, you hang up. That's silly. But, you know, I'm sure you know what I mean. Yeah, you know, I do. You don't want to be the one that hangs up because of what did, Why do you hang what, up exactly? on me? <laughs> uh, anyway. Well, so I've got one because I, I think I got have a sense of what you find interesting and the kind of guy that you are. But I ask this question of all my guests, and I'm really curious as to what you might say. So, let's say you're at your favorite pub or your favorite bar, any anywhere in the uh -huh. world, drinking whatever you want, beer, right. gin, whatever, and you could sit there and have a conversation with anybody alive or deceased. Uh -huh. Who might you like to just sit there and wax poetic and have a good chat with? Well, it's, that's easy. It would be my father. Yeah. Because I, I, I really didn't see much of him. Yeah. And, and like I say, he died when I was 24 years old. 
And I, I, I never I ever had a drink with my dad. No kidding. I never because it's it just it was different. Yeah. You know, I mean because I, I'm uh, I married young and I moved away from the house and you know with, with lots of things to do. I was busy at work. He was busy at work. And uh, oh, it would definitely be him. Yeah. I tell you what, you know, share this real quick. My dad didn't really drink. He did no. before before I was born, and yeah, it was an interesting story there. But we finally shared a glass of wine. Oh. over thanksgiving this last year and i'm 37 years old and it was really the moment i was looking for so i get it man you know yeah. Like, yeah. i really just wanted to, to have that moment with them because people get loose and they get more honest and they get more passionate at yeah. times you know yeah that's the good thing about alcohol really is yeah, the, the good part it, of it loosens you and generally you say what you think that's right sometimes you shouldn't say what you think i don't think it probably <laughs> takes much for you though tom uh, straight shooter it's been I don't know normally I'll see what I think at the best of times yeah well I really it's been really pr- a pleasure chatting with you man yeah it's, it's I, been nice to just chatting with you yeah it's, it's, I appreciate it I, and thanks so much for making time in the schedule and uh, this is something I've really wanted to do this for a while so yeah. it's, I'm really glad that it worked out and you've done great work with the Jay Rieger stuff and of yeah. course your legacy with Tank Ray but what you're working on now this is exciting stuff you're really really paying it forward now yeah. You know, and yeah. I think that's great. So you guys drive safe to San Antonio. I'll talk to you soon. Hi, right, thank right. you so much. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. Well, there we have it. Mr. Jin himself, Tom Nickel, after 40 plus years in this industry, distilling, marking barrels, learning about botanicals, the smells, the buoyancy, everything you could possibly want to learn about gin. Tom has lived it and breathed it. And we talk about so many different chapters, the Diageo chapter, the co-conspirator and collaborator with Jay Rieger and co-chapter. But the piece I found most personally interesting is that Tom, in his speaking engagements and being the celebrity that he is, he is very, very humble. He is very, very pugnacious. He's the kind of guy you want to hang out with and sip and chat. And it was just a lovely experience getting to know Tom. And hopefully we'll get to spend some more time just sipping a beer now and again. And it's funny to hear that he wouldn't even bother drinking a gin and tonic at home. I find that incredibly ironic, but yet really, really lovable, for lack of a better word. So thanks so much, Tom, for chatting with me. I hope that people enjoy this chat. You are a living legend, whether you want to believe it or not. And thank you for listening to Show to V with Mike G. I'll have Ryan, maybe of Jay Rieger & Co. later this week to complete the Jay Rieger & Co. week at Show to V. But... No matter how many eggs you retrieved after yesterday's Easter egg hunt, or if you're thinking, man, I can't wait for my new shoes to arrive in the mail, please keep dancing.